Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Daily High Fun Podcast. We do this every Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm just look. This this thing's even not even on yet. Uh, <laughs> with me as always, we've got Joe and Aaron. What's going on, fellas? So, uh, cheers. I hey, is there such thing as a Super Bowl Monday? Because I think I got it. Like I was so slow to start today. <laughs> really? You got the Super Bowl Mondays. The Super Bowl Mondays. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the delay, everybody. I was uh, see us still trying to <laughs> fix this, this stuff over here. You yeah, guys the have fun? Mondays. Oh yeah. In case of the move, the the Super Bowl Mondays. Mondays. <laughs> Could man, you get shot around here for saying something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that movie. I love that office space. Let me ask you, has anybody ever said to you, sounds like you got a case of the Mondays? No. Huh? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> you get shot. I love that part. Uh, uh, I got that was that he's like cheating on me. Butthead would be that guy. I don't know. I get the feeling that she's cheating on me. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, man. What's up, everyone? So I see some folks in the chat. You bring them up here. Larry Stugel says, I mean, oh, yeah. So he said, uh, see, he has a post-Super Bowl coma, too. What's up with that? You guys partying too hard during the halftime show? What's going on? What are you guys doing? I don't know, know, but the the girls, you see my story? All the girls, when Usher took his shirt off, they were talking about it too. They're like, I hope, I hope Usher takes his shirt off. <laughs> I don't know about it. I, I don't think you need to do that, bro. He could have kept the, you know, the the tank top on. I don't know. They had to do the whole, you know. There's a certain age, bro. Like, I'm. I don't know what age Usher is, but you know, yeah. At a certain point, dude, it's 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 over. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, <laughs> if I was Jack, I may I may have to try some of that too. You definitely would. Oh, dude, it's hot in here. I need to change into my next outfit. Oh, oh, oh. sorry. The camera's oh. on me. <laughs> I, didn't I, didn't I didn't see you guys there. Uh, I saw a uh, a GIF or something on Twitter or Facebook or something where it was ludicrous when he was wearing like the shoulder pad looking outfit and somebody yeah. compared it to the Ben Stiller from mm. dodgeball from the like where you had the pads and stuff on they were like same dude it's like wow that's pretty good <laughs> yeah i like the only came out he brought brought in some good people mm-hmm. yeah. and you know what's interesting is like you can't you can't find an artist or you know a genre that's gonna appeal to every single person yeah but i've seen like you know some posts of people that obviously aren't fans of uh usher or that type of music and they're like, you know, just complaining about something or another about the, the thing. I mean, I like that music, you know. Yeah. I know all those songs. But my question is always like, name one song from that person. If you can't, then you're probably not going to like it. Probably yeah. right. So, you know, I thought it was I thought it was good. But maybe it's just n- nostalgia and, you know, I just like hearing that song, the songs. And yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I play that at weddings. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little John came out. That was great. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Her, Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. She came in kind of hot with that the first note, though, huh? Yeah, dude. You yeah. heard that? 
Oh yeah, I heard that. I was like, oof. Like she totally missed it. Like her voice cracked. Yeah. But you know what? She can she's allowed. Yeah, you know she's I mean? dying. Yeah. <laughs> she fixed it in like two seconds. She's like, whoa. So, she should have done the whole uh, Mariah Carey thing, like when she she's she misses she's like just blame blame the IEMs. Ah. Yeah. She's like, did I hear that right? I don't know. Yeah. I hear the thing that's getting feedback, that's why. I think that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Looking for a good a good rent, huh? I, I'm I'm in Kansas City. No one's working today. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I would imagine not. You know. I'll, I'll be honest. I was going for 49ers. I don't watch football. You know. I I personally don't care that much. But uh, okay. man, I just remember the the old school days of like Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. You know. That's as far as I know. That's that's when I used to watch. After that, I didn't watch. I don't Joe Montana. Um, boom, boom, boom. what else? What else is going on in the chat here? Anthony uh, Perez, I see you. Everyday Jay's talking about he's watching from Puerto Rico. It's 8 p.m. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. So he says it's not daily hi-fi, it's evening hi-fi. <laughs> evening hi-fi. Nice. Somebody wants to see the croissant nip slip again. That's oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, only in the after show. Yeah. Oh, after show. If you want to, if you want to do that, you got to join the daily hi-fi crew crew.dailyhifi.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's going to turn people away. <laughs> no, I don't know. You don't know, <laughs> man. Who knows? You, know, you never know. You never oh. know. Oh, man. Uh, Gatorade. <laughs> got a lot of love football movies, man. Uh, playing that foosball, Bobby, Bobby Boucher. Um, Mama don't know, but uh, like, uh, what what do you guys think of all this, uh, all the hate about the, uh, about the, um, you know, Travis Kelsey and what's her name, Britney Spears? No, it's the other one, uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift, yeah, Britney Spears. What, what hate? What what's the hate? Uh, there's so uh, there's all these like I see all these posts on like Facebook and stuff, and it's like, oh, like uh, there's like a drinking game. How many times they're gonna cut to Taylor Swift? <laughs> during the during the Super Bowl and oh yeah oh we're laughing every time they cut to her like I don't know but she always has that YouTube face the YouTube thumb thumbnail face yeah <laughs> why why is she always surprised they did they She's did all, like on that last like drive she was like biting her nails or something oh oh that's no oh, that's another good YouTube thumbnail face yeah uh, you got to perfect those you know what I mean maybe I'll just do that I'll just uh. Take her screenshots and then post them on, on <laughs> thumbnails. Maybe they'll be that's a good idea. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, there was all, all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff everywhere. In TikTok, it was uh, in TikTok. There was this uh, little thing that you know to get your husband all mad. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, I- say stuff like, "Hey, isn't it so cool that uh, you know uh, that uh, she made him famous?" Yeah, like Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map, and then the yeah, guy yeah. Would just be like, "Well, they stop what they're doing," and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" <laughs> they get all mad. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought that was good. And then the other way around too, where guys would record their wives, and the guys would be like, "Ain't it cool how he's made her famous?" Yeah. yeah. Who's who's more famous though? I mean, she I would is. say Taylor Swift is way yeah. more famous, bro. Who makes uh, more money? Oh, she. Oh, okay. Her last tour. I don't know these things. I I, I don't know. 
Somebody was said there was somebody like clapping back in one of these comments saying that she makes more in those same stadiums than those the, all the football players combined, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably true. Hey, um, you know, I can't hate at a certain point. At a certain point, you got to just be like, I guess somebody's watching, somebody's paying. It's not me, yeah. but yeah, somebody's into it, and uh, it's all good. Yeah, oh man, this part was the uh, Ben Affleck. The Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Have y'all seen that? I saw the one. Um, you yes. gotta watch it. Yes, it's yes. fantastic. <laughs> and Jennifer, you like that one? Jennifer oh. Lopez, Matt Damon. They got Tom Brady in there. Uh, yeah. Jack Harlow is in there. They're just Joe. You gotta watch it. No, I watched it. I oh, watched okay. the whole. I watched the whole thing from beginning to end. I watched all the commercials. I like the uh, Arnold one. Yeah, Arnold. <laughs> what is it? What do you say? Uh, what was this? Neighbor. Neighbor. She's in labor. Get the chopper. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a good game. I enjoyed watching the game. I was at somebody's house and they had like, they had all kinds of stuff going on. They had three viewing areas, uh, the main living room, and then like their dining area they had another big tv and then in the garage they had another tv how's the system sound good it was a sound bar so i mean i mean was it acceptable what do you think for what for what we were doing watching usher i mean the football game and (laughs) halftime show watching taylor swift it was not really the craziest thing but it worked Mm. it was a the meridian an LG collab for the Dolby Atmos soundbar. Yeah. I've reviewed those. I've reviewed some. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, my my system was bumping though. I would imagine. I would imagine the halftime show. Mister uh, Spatial Toolkit over there, Mister Magic Beans. Yeah. Oh man, HTP one and the system and Magic Beans. It was it was sounding crazy. Did you have the garage door open? For a little bit because the girls were playing outside and then uh you know i invited the neighbor over like hey if you want to come check this out so yeah it sounded awesome it was it was really cool uh i watched uh gran turismo you're you're recommending that chana yeah dude that was a great show that was a great honestly show. i i wasn't planning on watching it really just because I, I didn't i didn't i didn't know any of these actors i'm like what is this is this like a YouTube uh, 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 thing? Uh, like, what is this? The one guy's from uh, Stranger Things. The old guy. He's from Stranger Things. He's the cop. Oh, okay. Okay, I thought he oh, looked yeah. familiar. Yeah. Um, but I was just using it because I had just finished calibrating the HTP one. And so I'm like, let me just, you know, I, you get tired of watching the Amaze demo and the Leaf demo. And, you know, I listen to your stuff, Chana, your music, but at a certain point, you got to test out other things, right? So I'm like, all right, let me throw on Netflix since I have the actual <laughs> Atmos one. Thank you, Chana. You're welcome. So I'm oh. like, all right, let me see what the, the Gran Turismo was the first one. I clicked on it, started watching. I'm like, ended up watching the whole thing. I, it was, was a good movie. I yeah. thought it was a good movie. I thought it was great. Yeah, Orlando Bloom, dude, that guy got, got old. I guess we all get there. He did. Lego last. Ah, oh, what the heck? What's going on? Um, 
Yeah, so Marv here says Gran Turismo was good, but not on the same level as Ford versus Ferrari. I think I would agree with that. I think I liked it because my expectations were zero. Oh, yeah. Right? I had no expectations, and I ended up like liking the movie. I'm like, this is a good movie. Then the, lots of different aspects to it that I enjoyed, but maybe that's also because I used to play Gran Turismo. You know, first one, first one on. On PS1, I played PlayStation. Yeah, I haven't played the new ones. Are they crazy now? Do they like look super, super real? They're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Um, I went to the PlayStation Experience um, event, and they had they had that on like hunt. They had multiple hundred inch Z9Ds around the like area, and then people were getting in to like these cockpits with the VR goggles and then we could see all the whole thing happening and they're like changing people's views. You know, there was like one, two, three, there was six, six on each side. So 12 people racing at once. It was insane, dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can see like, you know, they're like, like one car is passing another one and they quickly switch to the internal person's cockpit view in their goggles. Like, Oh dude, it was so cool. I mean, obviously you don't have like that. You don't have to set up like that, but uh but they're they're pretty pretty awesome man i have it i have ps5 i have i want to try it maybe next time you come over why don't you bring, bring it over and let's, let's mess around with that we were messing we were messing around with uh uh streets of rage 4 when chana came over that's pretty fun right yeah uh you know what's interesting about that movie no spoilers but it, it was uh you know when they were showing them in the cars, like the gamers, like not being used to the G forces in the cars or something, I'm like, a lot of the rigs don't they have that where it kind of like moves you back? Uh, yeah. I mean, are you talking about the wheel or the chair? The chair doesn't the chair like make you feel like you're accelerating and stuff like that, braking? I mean, in the running, running. it was like thousands of dollars kinds of cockpit. Yeah, Fred, didn't Fred have one of those? I think he has a setup like that where it moves. No? Maybe not. Uh, he probably no. does, dude. He's probably got setups that'll move a whole lot of things for you. <laughs> Project Cars, yeah, I remember that. He used to play Project Cars in the in our shop. We Project just cars. in our in, imagine our retail shop. We just have it set up. Let somebody come in like Hey, come here. Try this. Hmm. Try this. Have them race. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was 23 years ago. Jeez. Where's where's time going? Yeah, that puts things in perspective. Dynamic. That long. Dynamic weather. Realistic weather. 23 years. I'm glad I'm not getting older. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm just staying the same. You're a high school girl. <laughs> Same in my mind, I guess. Um, there we go. Watching the game in Oro 3D. Yeah, you know what? I was I was trying it out because it it does come in in 5.1, right? Yeah, yeah. Dolby 5.1. And you watch where? How did you watch it? That was the other thing. I didn't know how they were putting it on in this house on three screens. If it was just on, um, I just watched over antenna. I guess okay, because yeah. uh, YouTube was having it at 4K with HDR. Oh, see, I'm see, I'm I'm screwing up. I have one of those HD home runs where it takes the antenna signal and then you can stream it to like anywhere in your house. 
that sort of thing. But yeah, I probably should have watched it 4K. And do they have a better experience than than 5.1? I how does that even work? What is, well, how does they? What is audiences surround? Like, how does that even work? What I mean, are they, they have multiple microphones somewhere around? But they, yeah, they were like, were they, are they mixing it live? I don't know. Yeah. Just sending signals. Uh, who knows? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going backwards like Benjamin Button. Yes. Oddly enough, the hair is still getting grayer. I don't know. It's part of the plan. I'm dying it. <laughs> you use that soap. <laughs> yeah. Donna told me about this soap that's supposed to like darken your your thing. <laughs> I don't believe, but but it's supposed to not dye it. Do you believe that, Aaron? Do you think that that's possible? Like supposedly what? it reminds your your brain how to like grow. Man, like, that sounds like some bull. It's like yeah, like uh, start start repigmenting your hair. John, are you tripping? I, that no, sounds like I mean, something that like somebody who's like not in the measurements would would say. Yeah, dude. You should make a you should make a YouTube short about it. Yeah, well, you know it's funny though because like the the bar of soap is black, right? I'm like, if you wanted to prove it, then make it clear. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, how do I know that that? Well, but not dripping, all everybody has dripping hair. on my shirt. What if you have brown hair? What if you have blonde hair? Yeah, they probably have different colors, but it doesn't dye your. Anyway, anyway, should. Should we talk a little bit more about some audio? I know, Aaron, you did a tour of a, a hi-fi yeah, store. Right? I did. It was cool, man. It's a really did neat you, place. What was Locally it to me, too. Was like, that? I've known they've been around for a while, but, you know, most of the places around here, it's a, it's not like an, a, a, well, I mean, it is, oh, I don't know how to explain this. Huntsville, Alabama is one of the fastest growing cities. It's voted like one of the best places to live in the United States, but... It's not like a New York or a Nashville or an Atlanta where it's a huge city with a ton of ton of you know high-end business execs. I guess there are when you really think about it. But anyway, I didn't expect there to be any good stereo shops around here. The best we've had is Best Buy. But we've got this one that's been here for a while now, and I finally went and checked it out. And it's pretty awesome. It's called AVIQ. So if anybody is in the North Alabama area, look them up. They're in Huntsville. And uh, do they carry... Vocal, Kef, uh, Monitor Audio, NAD, Magnapan. It's just a bunch of stuff. Klipsch. Others, oh, they carry a, a brand called Davone, D-A-V-O-N-E, that are pretty Devone. pretty dope-looking speakers, man. I thought really? I never heard of that. Yeah. No bows? Oh, no bows. No <laughs> bows. I'm going to bring up their website real fast. And... Share the screen. Share the screen. Did you get to check out? Uh, whoa, whoa, hey, that looks good. That matches my chair, I think. Dude, those look that's a reference. Yeah, look at that guy. Devil. Yeah, man. Let's put it on solo. Look of us. Look at that. Okay, thing. so all I need to do is find a home with egg. <laughs> oh, it's got those. Is that that what is that? That uh like the per listen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah text stream. Text stream. Oh, oh shoot! Look at that. Yeah, man, they come in different colors. That's a good-looking speaker to me. It's a gorgeous-looking speaker. Uh, you know, got these. like um, like uh, what is it? Not is it Focal? Not not Focal. Who's the one that you guys uh, checked out? Chana, the guy you interviewed. Oh, uh, Sonic Faber. Sonic Faber. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right, how they have that cool shape, but it's supposed to look like a boat. This looks more like. Look, I like mid-century modern stuff. Yeah. Twist. That's twist. Ooh. I like the look for sure. That is a. But I mean, look at that. Look at that. Look at the uh, the lifestyle photos are just not realistic. Right? Oh, yeah. right there. Like who? Yeah. Look at that chair in the background. Are those wireless? Where are we? I guess they are, man. They're wireless, bro. Those ones are. Oh, well, you can do like wireless. A... Prefer wireless. Yeah, you can. It doesn't look like a only cool design. You know what I mean? A lot of times, like they just look cool, and then you're like, I don't know if that'll work. Garbage. That weird thing. Yeah. Hi-Fi plus winner. What is it? Meander. Yeah, I don't know. What is that supposed to be? A Bluetooth speaker kind of thing? Yes, so. Let's see. Stream from the apps you love. Yeah, it looks like. Look at that. Oh. Interesting. Mm. Will that work, Marin? Oh, look. They give you omnidirectional. They say omnidirectional. but it's Measurements? Yeah. <gasps> That's wild. What the heck? What? I know it. I don't know. I'm like, what, what else do y'all have? All right, I let's think see what you have like um like a heart rate monitor to tell you how you feel. <laughs> studio monitor. You know what I mean? Studio. I don't think so. Studio monitor? I don't know. Dude. Anyway, I'm I'm telling you man, you just you need to go back. Hey, look at my chair room. real quick. What the heck is this? Can you see my chair? Yeah. yeah. Look. Oh, it'll, it'll match. match. It'll match, it'll match my, chair. my chair. It's a little dark, but yeah, the, the I'm going to master chair. Dude, these are cool looking speakers. Look at that. Anyway, I've emailed them twice now. Haven't gotten a reply yet, but maybe reference ones. Wow. Those things look awesome. I mean, they just look awesome. But you know, the thing is that it looks like it'll work too, though. Like, yeah, they're just rounded, sure. like rounded baffle. Nothing about it looks like, oh, that's not going to work. Like the right. spacing here, I'm sure that you're looking at all those things where, like, oh, those drivers look legit. The bracing, like, yeah. It better That's work. Water bracing. I know it. Hmm. I wonder how much this weighs. Like, what do you think? Two hundred. How big? Oh, um, let me go back and look. Wait, forty-two kilograms. So let's just. That's ninety-two pounds. Hundred pounds. Okay. Recommended amplifier: hundred watt. Sensitivity: eighty-seven. That's not that great. Impedance: four ohm. Okay. Texture: twenty-nine to thirty thousand. If that's minus real, then I mean they actually look like they're giving you reasonable specs. None of these seem crazy. You, that's what I was gonna say too, because like, you know, I'm sure they could have used some, who knows what, what point in the say uh, goes down to 20 hertz yeah. sensitivity yeah. 98, right. but like 87 is not an impressive sensitivity. It's probably the right number. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 97 centimeter driver, three inch diameter throw. Lorillo, really? speakers that I like the look of. Yeah, I know it. When I saw them, I was like, "What? Those are awesome!" Uh, you know, usually, like, I'm not into fancy looking speakers because they just look out of place yeah. in my in my yeah. environment. Yeah. Like century, yeah. these look good. Show me test gear to shill. Yeah, I got a shill for some test gear. Ooh. I'm trying. What's the price on those? Maybe it's something that uh, you know I could put an affiliate link and actually make some money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Uh, probably right? not. It has to be high priced to, to make that affiliate money. 
Yeah. Can't be, yeah. I can't be slanging this mono price monolith stuff because <laughs> Giorgio, zero, zero margin. What's up, yeah. Daniel? How are you, buddy? What is the price on those? I'm trying um, to, get that. I'm trying to show really for that affiliate know, money, baby. I really don't know. That's funny. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm curious, dude. Those look great. I'm surprised. Did All you get right. to hear any uh, of the other systems too? Yeah, I was gonna walk through some of this. Just okay. Not yeah. In too much time, but don't worry. I got some questions started, so we got plenty of stuff. Started. Yeah. So instead okay. of instead of like home theater tours, you do. Yeah. Hi-fi. Hi-fi speaker hi-fi, tours. Hi-fi <laughs> shop tours. What if I can find? You should charge, man. You should charge. Oh, I definitely will. Right. You got to charge like, hey, I got my iPhone out. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know who I am? Don't you know who I think I am? All right. So this is when you get in the front of the store. This is that one speaker that we just saw. And uh, let's see. Oh, wow. Looks a little different in, per- in, in the photos, though. Because you need that background, dude. This is a basic background. Gotta say, it's like one of those things. Like, are those renders? Because the, the real thing looks a little different. Yeah. Let me see it's a little can... more Ikea to the other one. Looks a little more, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, all right. Design, design within reach. That's the back of them. Okay. All right. all right. I'm, I'm just joking. DTI. Look, that's how it's spelled. Devon. There's a Magnapan setup. I didn't get to hear any of those. You know how it is. This is the dude's office. He's got these speakers there. The... He's got you these dating exciters down here. <laughs> He just plays around with them. Old school That's Apple cool, TV. Man. Check that thing up. Oh, it's huge. And then Don Audio speakers, close up, KF Blade One Metas. I got to listen to those. They sounded awesome. Budget oriented stuff. More kind of their own room. Budget oriented stuff. Can I see what what the brands are there? So these are like oh, the wow. one fifty name. Oh, I don't know what what focals those are, but I'm assuming probably an area or something. Oh, okay. All right. Mario. I just saw the, the the signs up above. I'm like, those don't look like oh, budget oriented brands. I guess NAD, but let's see. I guess. Yep. Uh, their I mean, movie room had Dirty Audio speakers in there, and they were running Dirac Art in there, and it sounded oh. pretty cool, man. They had no treatment at all. No treatment okay. on the walls. Nothing. That's here. Let's hear your listening in the back. What? What? What are your listening impressions? I mean, I only heard like 45 seconds of that DVD song, so it's hard to say. But there was no lingering bass that I heard. It sounded good from where I was sitting, and I wasn't even in the prime spot. It was pretty cool. Uh, Marquette. Was it okay with your your brain? Because I've said before that it totally worked, but my brain is like, why does it sound like this in here? Like, Yeah. No? None of that? I thought it sounded good. But again, I wasn't critically listening, you know? Mm. Marquette stuff. I listened to these. They sounded pretty dang good. Oprah three. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Prima Luna gear. I don't even know how much that stuff is, but I'm assuming it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Close up. This is they had in the back. The dude. There's a guy in town who apparently repairs like old amplifiers and electronics, and uh, he just got done working on this. And I was like, man, I really want that. I thought about asking them how much they wanted for it, but then I decided not to because I don't need to know. <laughs> Let's see. These are old Macintosh speakers. What? 
Yeah, so Macintosh just came out with a new, like an updated version of these, and I can't remember what they call them, but these are the originals. I don't know when they came out, but I'm guessing maybe the 70s or something, but these things look like they were in really good shape. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Full screen that. Full screen that. All right. Monitor audio, and this is like just kind of giving you an idea of their different oh, setups. Good. The front one up here was a 4K projector. And then not a 4K, and then this was like the more budget. So I think it went budget, mid-budget, more expensive budget. Uh, this is their. So the thing about listening to these is that there's no reflection, so you basically only hear the direct sound. Over here, in the room. And then we've got more focal. What are these? Those are the um, oh the Alta Ultima. Yes, that's it. Focal Ultima. No. What they call I think that's it, isn't it? God damn it. Maybe not, but they're big speakers. The Evo. Okay. Evo, uh, Focal. Focal's most expensive speaker. <laughs> they have these. Those look pretty cool. It's yeah. the, uh, the Utopia. 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 All right. That's so, what I was thinking. I wasn't sure. I keep wanting to say Ultima, the other Ultima. ones that I heard were the Utopias, but those were Sopras. Okay. Yeah, those the other ones were Sopras. These are Utopias where each speaker kind of has its own cabinet. As you can see yeah. on the side there with the little tweet. Yeah, you can see them kind of how they're mm -hmm. angled. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then focal oh, Kef reference. Kef reference. Yeah. Kef can we just call them Kefference? Kefference. <laughs> uh, I think we're getting toward the end. But the dudes are super cool. This is another one of their rooms. So they have them like more like regular rooms and they'll have other rooms with treatment and all the stuff like that. But yeah, that's it for those. <gasps> Very cool. So yeah, what do you man. give? What do you rate this store? Oh, the store was awesome, but the the owners and the people like there was two guys. The owner was there, and then I guess the guy who works there, and they were both older gentlemen. Uh, they were super cool, man. Like super cool. They had all these stories to tell. We were probably there for an hour and a half just talking to them. So it was cool. Had a good time. I hope to go back and listen to those Magna Pans, and then uh, you went with your friend. Yeah, I did. And you say he's just a friend. Woo! Oh baby, you. oh baby, you got what I need. So, so I guess the biggest question was, uh, Aaron, when you were there, <laughs> did you measure with your ears? <laughs> Man, are we instigators or what? <laughs> well, they were looking at me super weird, like because I laid on the ground, and then you know my girlfriend, I was like, all right take my ear and like hold my ear position on this speaker right here from the ground. And then I move my head up a little bit more and she held the ear position. We figured oh. out it was about 32 ear inches tall for that Kef one blade, one meta. He measures with his ears. Yeah. I measure with my ears. <laughs> oh, oh man. That's hilarious. Yeah. So the, you know what you need is you need some kind of a pedometer to track how many times your toe taps. You know, I when do. you're listening, that's what yeah. you need. Yep. Then I know if I like it or not. Mm -hmm. I have Check like greatest, you know what I mean. See if you're, yeah, um, yeah. you listen with your heart. Yeah, I listen to my heart when, I... it's, calling, <laughs> when it's calling to me. Really? Yeah. Listen to your heart. Oh, your heart. calling for you. Listen to your heart. You know, you know, we're we're joking because we there's somebody who said said this and uh you know the truth is when you have a system that is you know sounding good 
because it measures well and you have it tuned properly, you're going to enjoy it, right? Yeah. You're going to, and, and then if you listen to music you like, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think what we're trying to do, what Aaron is trying to do, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is just try to make it easier wow. for you to find a, a system. Like if you have to guess, yeah. right? If you were to just guess, well, there's lots of speakers out there. But if you provide data, then your guess is going to be much better, right? Yes. You can start looking at things and narrow it down and base it on something versus, you know, your other option is base it off what a reviewer says, right? That's your other option. Just yeah. base it off. And, and you know, they're, you those are, they're, de- they're decent options, right? If you trust what the person has to say and they're consistent. That's the thing. Consistency is the thing that I think is might be hard because you may find if somebody's purely subjective, they may say a comment. Then later on, you watch another video and like, didn't you just say the opposite thing in the previous one? How does that how does that work? Like, you know, so it's it's tough. You know what I mean? Confusing. And I'm not I'm I'm not uh, calling out, you know, subjective reviews because. I find that I've done that too because I've changed my opinion sometimes, right? My my taste may change or the room I'm listening to in may be different. And so what I say in a previous video is is going to sound it's going to seem like I'm contradictory. Jumping around. What is it? Contradictory? Yeah, it sounds like I'm contradicting myself where it's actually like I'm telling you the exact thing but my room is different. Yeah. How do I how do I explain that to somebody? Well, a measurement would be a good way to show that, right? That's a good start. Yeah. I think like if you're always assuming that the speakers are probably going to the same place in your room, then you can say, all right, this speaker is probably better suited for that location. You know, if you're like most people, you don't have a lot of room to move speakers around. You're kind of, all right, I can put them here and then that's it. So what are you going to do? What are are you going to buy? Yeah. Well, for sure. What you're doing with measurements is, uh, it's getting adopted more and more, right? You hear more and more people talking more about measurements. It's not going to be right away. Yeah. It's not going to just all of a sudden be like, Oh, the, this, you know, the clipple near field scanner, that's all I need. Right. It's going to be slow. You're going to have some pushback and it's just a matter of you continuing to show it and people learning. It's a, you know, people have to learn about why that's useful. It's not contradictory to what somebody says, unless it is contradictory, in which case, <laughs> yeah. you know. Then there's that too. You have to look. You have to point to where the issue is, right? So if the clipple says, "Oh yeah, um, the bass is really good down to you know 30 hertz," and somebody says, "Oh, I reviewed these and they don't have very much bass." Okay, well, who's? Is it the speaker? Is it my room? Right. I think it's probably my room. Right. right. Yeah. Out. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, he's measuring. What was he measuring for? Hey, you guys, I I got the measuring tape out, but I can't hear you. <sighs> Frustrating <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's easy to make that mistake. I I always like to look inwards and criticize myself first before I go and criticize somebody else. But even in reviewing these uh, Arendel seventeen twenty three speakers, right? The towers. I Chana and I like both of us like, dude, there's not a lot of bass, right? Yeah. And same with the center channel when we listen to that. It's right. But I move that thing near a, a back wall 
in a different, totally different location. So moving it near a wall, right? And I'm like, damn, Me measurably, this has a good amount of base. The center channel, right? The monitor, like yeah. that has a good amount of base. And it was measuring down like, you know, into the 20s, right? When it was near a wall. But when it wasn't a, near a wall, we're like, dude, where's the base? Yeah. Just that. Dude, Just that. So, dude, where's the base? Where's my base? Where's my base? So, you know, that's, I don't know that's if that's an error on my part, right? Because I'm, we moved it to various locations. And a lot of them were more centered in the room, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, no, this base is not that crazy. Or I think one big mistake is if somebody is used to placing their speakers in a certain location and they're like, oh, I, they think it's scientific. I just replace the speaker. I put it in the same exact location as the other one. So I know what my room does. Where's the port? Is it ported? Is it what, you know, is it going to be different if I have a different driver configuration? Right. Right, I put it in the same exact location. Is that a good test? Uh, well, you know. what do you say, Aaron, to that? You know, I mean, it, it still depends because it can react differently. You know, like if it's got a front port or a rear port, where the port is relative to the ground, those things can matter, right? So, 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 yeah. I mean, it would change the base a lot, right? Yeah. So I think that that's maybe yeah. where there's a little bit of a disconnect because I think maybe, I I mean I used to think hey if I put the speaker in the same place I'm that's that's scientific right yeah uh, I'm I'm not moving the location but I didn't consider I didn't know enough about speakers to know like where are the where are the speakers you know and and, and the fact is that it's going to be different depending on where that other person's speakers were. That they're replacing. So anyway, yeah. Um, a Rendell 1723 monitor or THX speakers need to play to 80 hertz. Rest is optional. Yeah, no, I I still agree with that. I I still think that I was expecting more bass from the Florsanic speakers. I'm just saying we were kind of saying like, ah, oh, there's no bass, but you know some mistakes, right? So we were testing out uh, the track, Chana. That you you like stop time one right yeah yeah and it, you said hey this had a ton of bass in your car right but I'm like I don't know what the tuning is in your car right maybe your maybe your your car has a crazy amount of added bass so we ended up listening to that same track on your head on my on my system after it's been tuned and it still didn't have a ton of bass and then I listened on on the AKG K three seven ones that are you know pretty accurate. And I had one on and the other one listening to the same song on, you know, on my theater system, just to gauge tonality. And I'm like, the bass is not that hot on this song, right? It doesn't get crazy. So it's like, no, this, this just this track. So there's lots of room for error. Um, yeah. So there's some room for Aaron. I was about to say that. <laughs> I mean, thanks. I think. Is there room for my earlobe though? Because I gotta measure it. You gotta measure that earlobe. Uh, hey man, you're doing good uh, stuff, man. I'm I'm very I'm proud of you for continuing that because it's tough to see the comments sometimes. Like they don't understand. They don't understand, yeah. and now you have to teach them. 
but yeah. they're they're insulting you. <laughs> and I got to teach you, but uh, you're insulting me, and you're you're making it seem like the stuff I'm doing is not useful. So it's it's kind of tough. Yeah, kind of tough. Yeah. I, I uh, I've been uh, sending Aaron some uh, t-shirt ideas. I, I got some fire. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, when is when is Axbone April? Right, still got another month to make these shirts. Yeah, I might bring bring like three different ones for each day. Just because you're going to you're going to get jumped. People are going to break. Change, change, no, change up, change up. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm glad to have you around to like to be able to check us too. Right, that's kind of one of the reasons I want you on here. Is like if we're saying something stupid, please do correct us. Right, I don't want to be stupid. Yeah. Nobody wants to be. Yeah. Uh, please, please correct me I'm when I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Let's get in some questions. Van no questions. Two sub outs on my Denon. Is it better to run four subs off one than to daisy chain them? Use both outs and do two each. So I guess he was trying to split the signal, I guess, from the receiver itself. On the first one, is it better to run all subs off of one output or go sub one to subwoofer one and then daisy chain from subwoofer one to two and then take the second subwoofer output and then go to sub two, uh, sub three and then daisy chain to sub four? I got an answer for him. Do it. All right. I think that if your Denon has the ability to use something like Dirac Live Bass Control where it can fully eq each sub independently then you probably want to use the connect each connection uh it probably doesn't because i think those typically have four sub outs right when they have direct live base control they have the four sub outs so in that case it doesn't matter whether you run you know you use a splitter you daisy chain them you're just using one lfe channel out in which case my recommendation would be to use something like the mini DSP 2x4 HD, have the LFE channel go out to that, and now that has four outputs, but then you can EQ each subwoofer independently, time align them, you know, use something like multi-sub optimizer, which is free, but it requires a lot of, uh, it requires you to know what you're doing. A lot of work. You can really tune all the subs for either one listening position or multiple listening positions. Uh, so that would be, my recommendation if you're willing to do that but um otherwise if you're using a denon where it's just splitting off those two and giving you minimal uh control over them i remember i think the the 6700h that i have has two sub outs where is he oh he says i don't know what i'm doing yeah yeah oh wow <laughs> yeah okay i don't know what i'm doing okay oh. uh so yeah, in that case, what you kind of want to do is just make sure that the subs aren't fighting each other. And, you know, there are some simple ways to do that where, you know, you can just play some play some pink noise and then adjust the phase on the back of one of the subs and make sure that it's not uh, competing with the other one. You know, make sure that it's as loud as possible at your main listening position. That's one way, a very simplistic way. There's more advanced ways to do it. And, uh, you know, make sure that the levels are the same kind of basic stuff. Uh, if you want to get into REW, then you can actually start measuring those things and make sh making sure that the phase alignment is correct. You know, they have a, a feature in REW that allows you to do that. 
pretty accurately. Um, but yeah. Uh, Reverend Slim says, if each pair of subs is at similar distance, two sub outs. Oh. Otherwise, mini DSP. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, just because of Denon, what it allows you to do is pretty limited. I think yeah. it allows you to set levels on each one, but it doesn't do EQ on each one. I don't even know if that it does separate the leads. It doesn't. It doesn't. Each one. You can't. No? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. Um, will corner placing dual subs, dual subs, they are dueling. <laughs> on guard. Right. Dual subs still sound boomy, even if you're using room calibration. In my Morantz, for example, or would it benefit from lower extension and better overall response? Boomy. So basically, what to call is he's, he's adding some room gain or barrier gain. So we're uh, boundary gain. Uh, if you're using better benefit from lower extension, better. I don't know wh why does it sound boomy. You know, I think that's that's one question. Um, sometimes people may uh, associate deep bass extension with boominess, right? Um. Sometimes I've seen that happen. Mm, I th think a lot of times it's just a matter of it not being properly time and phase aligned to your main speakers. So when the bass hits on your main speaker, it your sub needs to hit at the at the same time. They need to sound the same, and they have to be in phase to each other. If they don't, then you're gonna hear it, right? You you may not notice it because it's like we're talking about milliseconds of difference, but uh, if it's slightly off, it's gonna sound smeared. You're gonna it's not gonna sound like one one hit. So it has a lot to do with calibration, right? And uh, proper calibration will take out take out any extra bass that's maybe too much bass. So he says, he says, everyone always says corner loading causes boomy bass, et cetera, et cetera. I have mine in the corners. I have my subs in the corners. That's actually <clears throat> Todd Welty from Harmon. He did research where they're trying to find out where the best placement is for subs and how many subs would be the best. Right? And I think the consensus was four subs is the best. Above that, you start hitting diminishing returns like crazy. And the placement for those four subs would be in the corners if you want the most room gain. Um, but you'll still get an even response, assuming like a rectangular room, right? But um, if you wanted better seat-to-seat -seat consistency, meaning every seat has even base, then you'd put the subs mid-wall on each, each wall. Now, that's kind of weird because you'd probably have a TV, right? So you can't put a sub mid-wall there front, yeah um but that one has the most seat the best seat to seat consistency but um you sacrifice a little bit of uh extra room gain being mid-wall so there's nothing wrong with corners right a lot of people recommend opposite corners one in the front left one in the rear right and then you know on the you know you, you get what i'm saying so um there's nothing wrong with corner loading. Where, where else are you going to put it? You can put it some random place. I wouldn't put it three feet away from the wall. I wouldn't do that. You know, yeah. you can put it behind your seat like I have it. 
You know, so you're kind of limited. You're probably going to put a sub against some wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going to have. Yeah. All right. I see a lot of people putting it like three quarters of the way or a third of the way in, on the wall. You have to make sure that that's an actually, actually a good place. Like in my room, if I put it uh, like a third of the way into the wall, I'm I'm putting it into a null now. My listening position, I'm getting huge a huge dip in the response. Um. Yeah. So, what do you what do you think, Aaron? You think corner loading subs is okay? Not okay. I think it's okay. I don't know if there's a good spot for any subwoofer in any room. Really, it, it might. I mean, it might be like an earlobe off. Yeah, you know, probably so. In your measurements, you're just trading off one thing for another. Fifty hertz boost at one point, thirty hertz boost at another one. You know, I'm mean, trading stuff off. But corners do seem to work pretty well. You get extra gain, so that helps. There you go. Uh, some of these other guys are saying that uh, uh, Boomy Denim Rance dynamic, dynamic EQ can. Uh, oh, yes. Fun. Correct. Ripe Wave. What's up, Ripe Wave? Um, yeah. The dynamic EQ basically is that the loudness one where as you turn it down, it keeps the bass level up. I think yeah, I and then as you turn it up, it kind of, you know, basically like it's the inverse. You start with a flat signal at the highest output, and as you turn it down, that mid-range starts to drop off. You get more bass. Yeah. Yeah. They have that on that HTP1 that I'm reviewing. It's like a loudness button. And what's cool is, like, they give you two options. One is vintage, so I assume that that's, like, the Fletcher-Munson curve. curve. And then one that's, what is it called? Hold on, I'll tell you right now. We'll get super nerdy here. The other one is called ISO two two six two zero zero three. Is the Super other one? Nerdy. So that's probably the updated um, equal loudness contour curve. Yeah. So they're both kind of saying the same thing, meaning when you're listening at low volume, you're not able to hear the bass as well. But what I find is like I expect that if I turn it down, I expect the bass to. Uh, to also go down get lower if, it, if the bass stays loud so i can hear i'm like the tonality of my of the speakers has changed in my opinion yeah like from what i hear whatever uh okay let's go move on ripe wave uh morant's website is all messed up today trying to order a cinema 30 but no chance oh what's wrong with it? damn what's going on it's like those nike drops like oh lord oh, Trying to well, add what talking about now. What's up with it? Let's all go to it. All right. Everybody at one time. <laughs> What's wrong with this site? Check it out. This is what it looks like. Oh, that's why I'm in I don't know if their whole website's like that, but on the Cinema 30. Explore. I mean, and this is what I see. Oh, you got to hit explore. I don't know. What's going on over there? Okay. So. So this is their, their page, the, but if you go to the the Cinema 30. I'm trying to, I hit Explore. Oh, you're on it. Nothing's happening, yeah. Yeah, that's what I see also. I think it's only, avail only available to um, Southern California residents, maybe. Probably. That makes sense. It's, <laughs> but, I mean, it's not doing anything. I, it's, yeah, no. it's not doing jack. What is, what, yeah, what is supposed to happen if I hit Explore? Oh, yeah. Something's weird. Yeah. This one. Different one. Yeah, it's not really moving. No. 
Okay. Busted, All right. man. Yeah. Uh, Cinema 30, though, I called this in the after show chat. Um, I didn't call the price, though, but $4,500? Good God. For the Denon 6700. Oh, the Denon 6800H is what, 3500 So a thousand less. Mm-hmm. You know, so $1,000. You pay $1,000 more, you get a smaller LED screen. Uh, Porthole. That's which is lame. A little, little porthole. Little porthole. Little porthole. You a little porthole. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I. It, it's a pretty nice looking receiver, but I, I don't think. Brand site was slow last weekend. Now it's just unusable. It did, clearly we can't even get in there. Um. Hey, can I can I shill out some HTP one or what? No, no. You did that last week? I've been trying. Oh, I did, I did, but I did more stuff to it, and I'm almost done with my review. I'm well, so same for the review, man. Nobody cares about HTP one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. old, man. That's okay. old news. We it all is old. It is old news, man. Uh, That's all old. That. All right, now go ahead. I got two things I really want to talk about, but I can't. So oh. too bad. We're, We're hearing the HTP one first. One of those things starts with an S and ends with a Y. So Sorry. One. You're apologizing. <laughs> it might be Samsung E <laughs> or not. <laughs> Sandy? Sandy. Sorry. <laughs> Slippy slappy. <laughs> Whoa, what are we what are you what are we talking about? Sexy. Oh, dude. Go ahead. Oh, dude. Mm. The other one, I was calibrating uh here. I was calibrating in a friend's house. What are you calibrating all over the place? Oh, I'm doing all these. I'm I'm doing remote on-site calibrations. Hmm. I can't wait for you guys to see those videos, though. But no, for real, I can't talk about that stuff for a couple of weeks, um, which is killing me inside. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been an awesome, awesome weekend. I did get that Hi-Fi Rose thing. That thing's pretty sexy. Maybe I, I'll sneak. Oh, out. that thing looks freaking nice in those videos. Yeah, it looks like hey, they made those VU meters look like a Macintosh, huh? Oh my god, they, they kind of use the, like the similar color and everything, right? They call that it green. hot. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I even like the like clock with the like each number is in a tube, like mm-hmm. a vacuum tube. Oh, sexy. how about a uh, how about a uh, how about those uh LP6 V2? What is it? LP6 V2. Joe gave me LP6 V2. Now I get to bump it while I'm at home. We made a song. The song goes on. Angela knows. Yeah. Angela knows. The song lives on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up with the LP6 V2s, bro? Because you kept sending me videos like, Bro, and then lots of cutting. What the? Yeah, dude. Like, I don't, I don't understand, man. How can they make these speakers sound so good for such little money? Right. Like, like I'm just blown away. I was even looking at some reviews online, and I was just like, "Who's this Aaron's audio? Aaron's audio crapper? That dude. <laughs> all he does is just measure speakers. He doesn't even listen to he them. Measures poop too. He's like, yeah, oh. he does. <laughs> Sounds no terrible. <laughs> So what do you what do you think? Like what why why were you impressed? Uh dude, the I was sitting so so I was sitting in my hot seat here in the bed and I had them on the top 
So this was like far field, not even near field, right? Because there's supposed to be studio monitors. The amount of bass coming out of these things uh, was ridiculous, ridiculous. And I went straight from the Hi-Fi Rose to the speakers, so my AVR had nothing to do with it. Um, but I do have that new calibration thing. I might calibrate just those two speakers. It just oh yeah. Um, okay. No, yeah, no. Hey, oh, can't talk about it, Joe. That's what I'm saying. Don't look at that. I already, dude. It was like two a.m. I'm looking at it right now. That thing's awesome, bro. That thing's awesome. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, get it out of the shot. <gasps> it's been in the shot the whole time. Ah uh -huh, yeah, hey. wanna be my lover? Ah uh -huh, yeah, hey. Well, we heard this new remix in the car. <laughs> I guess it stayed with Joe, and then he's like, he's trying to get the LP sixes out, you know, into a box, and he's just like, "You got LP six V 2 Like me and Angela are like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh, I know what that is." <laughs> And so I started taking up and singing melody about the stupid speaker. Hey, like, that speaker is awesome, though. It just goes to show, like, we do know. We do know what people like to hear. Yeah. They want to hear an accurate speaker. I mean, the chances of an accurate speaker sounding bad are pretty, pretty, pretty low. You know what I mean? Like, em nearly every review I've ever seen on that speaker, people are like, dude, sounds great. Like, yeah. I'm sure Charles Sprinkle over there is like, yeah, of course it does. We already know this. Mm -hmm. We measure. Not, not surprised. With and without ears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a loser. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love them. And then like even in this area here, this it's um, oh, I never posted my video. Uh, they're in like weird situations. So when I ran that calibration, like. Base rise was huge on the left, and on the right, it was like non existent because mm. they're placed here in the room here. Um, and the amount of highs, but like highs were like rolled off, like god, like 6k, 5k, mm. something like that. And that's just like what you know. And I used that software and got everything flat, which sounded great. And then I added, did, did a little. Base rise and then the little emulation part in there is really cool. I can make it sound like an iPhone. I can make it sound like a 49 inch TV. Which have... software? Oh, the one we're not supposed to talk about. Oh. I'm like chomping at the bit here, not to oh, like. Okay. Oh, you've tried it. I haven't even taken it out of the box. I've had, I learned so much about my audio interface because of that making that video. Because you have to take the microphone, which is this guy, and have it separate from the audio output otherwise you're going to get feedback in the oh, loop. Yeah. i had to like learn all this stuff at like kind of like midnight yeah. yeah so you know josh here asks hey guys are there any plans for magic beans with dirac live vid video and you know what i think i'm gonna start doing more dsp videos just because that's what i'm interested in i like doing dsp stuff and i've watched some dsp stuff the videos that are currently out there and i'm like I think I would want to add to this. I, I think I have my an opinion, and I think I can do a pretty good job. So I expect to do a lot more of that sort of stuff. Uh, and that has to do with the HTP1 review, because now I'm finally finishing that up. And there are only a few reviews of that uh, that I've found on YouTube. And I, I watched them. 
you typically I don't watch them, but I watch it because I'm done filming. I'm done doing saying and doing all the things that I was planning on doing. So I feel like, okay, I'm going to check them out. And I was like, man, a lot of these videos are barely scratching the surface of what this thing can do. Like the purpose of this thing is it's like a huge toolkit for somebody who's going to go in there and go get crazy. So if you're not that person, it's probably not for you, right? If you want something basic, then Denon, Marantz, Yamaha, whatever, Sony, they there's lots of other options for you. But this is more for the guy who's going to get in there and get, you know, get their hands dirty. So I have been testing it out for over maybe about two weeks. And I just really want to do it justice because, you know, there's a lot of engineering involved in making sure that this stuff works. And for me to just kind of gloss over it, like, yeah, it, it turns on. And uh, yeah, it has a touch screen. Like, come on, dude. Like, are you going to put in the effort into this? Yeah. And so I, I feel like I have to, right? I have to test all the features. You know, what is all I read the whole, I read the whole manual, right? There's, it's like 80 pages. I read every, I read it all um, to see all the features. And then there's an AVS forum thread and dudes have made custom user interfaces that work with it, that add a ton of functionality. Like that's the point of this thing is like people can add stuff to it, you know, that was, that wasn't part of the product when it was released. But the crazy thing is, so uh, like this guy, pink soda, he goes by pink soda. He made a custom user interface, right. That makes it easier to navigate the, the, you know, the device. And they implemented it in a, in a firmware update. So if you just type in the IP address, which you normally use and hit forward slash custom, it takes you to the custom user interface. And then another guy made a custom firmware that you put on an SD card, right? Because it resolved some of the issues. Well, I guess they, they talked and now it's in his fixes are in the latest firmware. Like that's, that's that's cool. Yeah. You know, it's like a more a community thing. Yeah. So we encourage people to create and make the product better. And that is the point of this thing. You know what I mean? So you don't have to wait uh, for somebody to make something. You can actually make something and, you know, to a certain extent. So uh, I want to do it justice is basically, basically it. Now I did the magic beans. I did, I did Dirac time and phase alignment, you know, so I did the whole Dirac calibration. At first, I wanted to try manual calibration where I did timing level all manually. And yeah, tonality-wise, it was good. But I got to say, Dirac, Dirac gets time and phase alignment. It, it, it can do better than what can be done manually, the time and phase alignment part. Um, because it has, to, it has to do like all-pass filter type of stuff. So if you don't have that functionality, which the HTP one doesn't have uh, a, an ability to do that directly, you kind of have to rely on something like Dirac to do it for you. Um, but man, phase alignment is is crazy. Time alignment. We have the test tones where it plays all the tones at the same time, and it was made it sound like as if it's just one speaker, even though I had 12, 13 speakers playing the sound at the same time. Um so yeah, be- the result of that 
Dirac calibration is the imaging of stuff is pinpoint pinpoint like where it's supposed to be that's where it sounds like it is now one thing that i think you'll appreciate aaron is you always talk about upfront bass in in the car oh yeah right now i have i have a sub right behind me right and when it's not properly timed and phase aligned it sounds like the subs when they kick in it's it sounds big right like I hear the speaker, and then I hear bass coming. Yeah. After this, it was confusing because it just sounded like the bass was coming from the front speakers. I'm like, is that is that right? Is that right? Yeah. But it's actually, after you get used to it, because it takes a minute, because yeah. it doesn't sound as loud at first. Right. At first, it doesn't sound as loud, but then you're like, no, no, that sounds correct. It just sounds tight, Right. And maybe that's what the previous question was about, but the bass just sounded very tight. And what is FOMO saying over here? Um, but yeah, the bass sounded like it was coming from in front, even though I have subs kind of all around me. And that's that's pretty cool. And what it seems like is when all the drivers are all phase aligned, it's almost like it's louder without you, you having to turn it up louder. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think like so. all the speakers are phase aligned and content is playing through all of them. Yeah. It's like I can hear everything clearly and I don't have to turn it up as loud. Yeah. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. I agree. Everything is just like one solid. Like a kick drum is just like it's up here, it's in front, and it's just like instead of you hear it, but you don't really feel it at the same time, or you hear it from up here, but maybe you feel it a little bit more in the back or you know, maybe like midway between where you are or and the speakers are, you know, like something's just not quite right. But when it's all locked in phase and time, it's like, OK, wow, this is what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. I, you know what I, I would say is like. um, When you have perfect summation between, you know, two speakers, mm -hmm. that's when it's the loudest. Right. Yeah, like measurably, it's the loudest when they sum perfectly, mm -hmm. and it just seems like that's exactly what's happening. Full range, though. Yeah, everything is summing perfectly, and so it, you're getting the loudest possible response. And it doesn't have to be as loud. Out, like you know, if I step outside of the room and I close the door, I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty low, even though it's at the volume I normally listen at. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Hopefully, it does. Oh yeah, I hear you. Uh, they do stuff uh, with mixed, uh, you know, FIR and IIR filters. I I don't want to go into that right now because it's I get I can get too crazy about that. But this the other thing is that it has Dirac Live Bass Management, which is not the same as Dirac Live Bass Control. Basically, it takes over the bass management from the HTP one, where normally you know you set eighty hertz or whatever your crossover point is. Instead, right. Dirac to determine the proper crossover points for each speaker to the sub. And it does it based on the measurements. And I think they're probably making sure that it's, that the phase alignment is good at those locations also. So you can choose to have it do the base management part, which I thought is interesting because I, I don't see very much info on that. It might just be on this uh, HTP one. I don't know. I remember that the DDRC88A, that mini DSP, did have, it was called Dirac Live 
base management. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't exactly the same. I had to manually do everything. It didn't really calculate that stuff for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 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 it. That's all that's all I have to say about it for right now. I'll leave the rest for the review, but I do want to do more DSP videos and one interesting one that I'll tease right now is I did a Dirac calibration and the guys in the in the daily hi-fi crew and the after show crew they've already seen this stuff i made a little comparison video and i showed the measurements but i wanted to show what Dirac does to the near field response i haven't seen really very many people do that you know do the calibration then check the before and after of the near field response of the speaker and uh it's very interesting Let's just say that. Did you did you see that, Aaron, when I posted that or no? In the messenger chat. I was like so. Like a random, really late at night type there thing. There was one one day where you guys were just like I woke up the next morning and I just kept scrolling up. And then, oh, and then I was like, ah, forget this. Mm. Something just broke. Uh-oh. Oh, so it's, here, right. it's attached to uh, ears. Alligator clips. Yeah. No, man. I know how to measure those ears. <laughs> I, I Here's a question I have for you, Aaron. Um, uh-oh. Ah, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I always... No, it's, I ask because I really don't know, right? I ask. Three and a half. Yeah, yeah about. So here's the, here's the thing. So, like, we always say, you know, about target curves. Like, you can't use a target curve because we don't know the speed. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Right? We don't, we're not going to go into that. We should call it something else. Is a, what, are you gonna, you, what are you about to do, man? No. No, don't make this a clip. You're gonna get UK spawn out here. No, you're gonna get him fired up. No, uh, Iron Man. Please don't. Please don't make this a uh, uh, one of the daily clips. Tim. UK spawn. Uh, no, Joe wants to talk to you about target curves. So please make sure that you comment to this. I don't. Please. I don't. So is okay. Let's just put it this way: if I okay. me- if I do the Dirac calibration and then I measure near field. It makes the response really weird, right? Like I, I have an Arundel speaker that measures good already, right? Okay. So it tries to make a correction based on the main listening position, right? And then if I remeasure near field, now the now the response is all like jagged and weird, right? Yeah. Because they don't do a near field measurement of the speaker. They don't really know. Is it possible that the the Whatever it did to that speaker, right? The it made it measurably worse. A good speaker made it measure worse. If I were to look at the near field response, is it possible that that weird response just reacts to my room perfectly? You know, I mean, anything is possible. You know what I'm saying, though? Like a bad speaker could possibly sound good in a certain room at a certain distance. It might be possible that it sounds okay. Is that? A bad speaker in a in okay. Is the question can a bad speaker sound good? <laughs> can a bad speaker sound good in some weird situation where it perfectly like interacts with the room and it you know is that a thing? It's, it's less likely, right? But like you know as well as I do, people love bass. So mm-hmm. if it a speaker has really good bass, but the other stuff is maybe not so great compared to a speaker that the other stuff is really good, but the bass is not quite there. 
then people might still choose the one with more bass because that sounds more fun or more lively yeah. Yeah. or any number of reasons why um, you can have, you can use the speaker that, and that's the other thing too, is like, how bad are we talking? Like, are we talking like abysmal? I have to show you. I, okay. I have to do this because here it is. So here is always, it depends by the way. Oh, I see. So here's, uh, is this, how's my scaling? Oh, it's terrible, dude. You're cheating. Nice. You got to use zero yeah. to 100 dB scaling. <laughs> okay. So here's, uh, the near field in room response of this, uh, what is this? The, the, uh, 1723 tower, right? Okay. And so that's when I applied magic beans. This is with, uh, with no EQ applied at all. Right. Okay. In that no EQ location. This is after I applied magic beans in purple. Okay. Okay. And then if I run, let's say if I just compare it to no EQ, after I run Dirac, right, this is what it does to the response. That's when I remeasure it near field. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's near field? Oh. Yeah. Because I have maybe a, a dip in the response yeah. here, it's trying to fill it, so that's why you see this. Yeah, okay. So if you were to measure a speaker and it measured like that, what would you say? Like, you'd be like, are you saying if I measure a speaker like that in room? Um, yeah, like in. So look, here's here's no EQ. That's how it measures when it's placed in my left speaker. That's how it measures, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you see what's going on here. If you measured the speaker and then it was like that instead, I'll show them both. What do you say? It's better, worse. What would you say about that? So both of these are near field, right? They're not near field measurement. Yeah. In the seated position. I mean, for comparison, here's how, what happens after I use magic beans on it. I would really want to see what's going on in the seated position, you know, like, so I get based off of what you're telling us, Mm -hmm. the reason that Dirac has boosted that is probably there's a dip in the far field, like a floor bounce or Mm -hmm. maybe a ceiling bounce or something like that, you know, going on. Um, Oh, especially with it being a multi-speaker alignment, multi-driver alignment. Mm-hmm. There'll be some other issues going on there, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the interesting thing is, so this is the most obvious thing, but this yeah. is kind of in the transition region, right? Yeah. But and then highs is where I would say, like, uh, you know, it, it makes it more spiky. So let me take this off. Yeah. There's more more going on in the higher frequencies. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can judge it based on, cause the measurement method, you know, like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really know. Well, all I know is, you know, I'll, you tell me which one sounds okay. better to you. Uh, well, I'm biased, right? Well, let's not talk about, I'm, I'm already being pretty biased between, between those two in the seated position. Which one did you think sounded better? Mm, it's or do you recall? It, it, I can't. I can't say because it applies like other things that make it sound better too. Oh, okay. So when you're talking about phase alignment, I can't yeah. back phase and time alignment. Right. And so okay. those things make it sound more impressive. But as far as tonality, I think that uh, no no direct tonally sounds better. Okay. Interesting. You know. And so one experiment that I did in that messenger chat was here. Let me. Let me do it like this. Um, one 
one experiment I did was I just recorded my voice using a calibrated mic. Uh-huh. And then I played it back, right? So I have my voice. And then I went back and forth playing the recording and listening, you know, list, and then I re-recorded the playback from the speaker, right? Near field. So you can compare the direct recording with the, the playback. And this one sounded like it looks, right? It sounded like that. Sounded like what's what's happening here? It sounded like I was in a I don't know, tin can or something like that. What's uh what's near field? One meter? One meter, yeah. Uh yeah, I would say one meter. So yeah, anyway, for MLP for your test. MLP. Uh, but why are we listening at MLP? The okay, these are good questions. And I will just say the problem with an MLP only response is the microphone is averaging the direct sound and the reflected sounds. Whereas I can distinguish between the direct sound and the reflected sounds, right? My ears can distinguish between the two. And so I can tell, you know, what the direct sound is. And if it looks weird, the, the combined response of the two might look smooth, which it does, right? It looks nice and smooth. But the mic, it looks good. The measurement looks good on the mic, but that's not what I hear, right? I hear two sounds. I hear direct and then reflected. And so that that's kind of the issue. I don't know. Yeah. Does that does that make any sense? Am I am I making sense or am I making stuff up? No. Maybe a little bit above. No, it makes sense to me. Uh, it's hard to uh, look at an RTA and separate. All right, like this is the reflection. This is the main, the direction. You know, in a room. Yeah, and that's all we have. Anechoic measurements is to separate mm -hmm. the speaker from the room. But when you do in room measurements, even near field, you still get some room bias effects in there. Mm -hmm. So, but you—that's so why I was you, saying, like, I, I mm -hmm. would not only would I want to see the results, but I'm really. When it comes to looking at a in-room measurement, it's still hard to say for sure how it's going to sound, right? You can certainly get an idea, but you really need to be in there to listen because to me, there's more than just the tonality, right? There's like the sense of space and things like that, that the, mm -hmm. that the room helps contribute to the speakers or vice versa. So, and that's the tough mm -hmm. thing. Like with car audio, we used to, <laughs> we used to try to gate measurements. And then when I realized like what gating does, like, so you have to gate the measurement. So you have to get the first reflection out. And I was like, dude, the first reflection is this far away. I'm going to be gating at 18 kilohertz. Right. Like, <laughs> like well, at, at know, some point you're in such a small room where everything is so close to the speaker that it doesn't even matter. And then on the other end, you can be listening out in a field with no reflections except for the ground. So, and, and that, that shop I, I mentioned in the video, I showed you guys those Focal Sopra speakers. And uh, the Kef, so the Sopers were in that smaller room, mm -hmm. long, narrow room. Yeah. And the Kef were in just that wide open space. Wide open space, yeah. Yeah, so they sounded completely different. Now, I like the Kef, but what you're hearing is pretty much the direct sound. And there's no bass reinforcement. So when I listened to the Focal, there was tons of bass reinforcement. Yeah, corners. yeah and I, I liked it. So I even said in the video, like, based on the two setups that I heard, I actually liked the Focal more but that's not fair to either one of them because they're in two totally different rooms and the Kef doesn't get any base reinforcement. 
and the Focal gets tons of it. Yeah. So you, you got to be careful too. Like when you go yeah. and demo speakers at places, you know. So can I can I show? Uh, you know, we were talking about like near field response of speakers, right? Yeah. And uh, in room near field response, the uh, monitor, the seventeen twenty three Arendo monitors, they have a similar response to the the towers, right? The towers hit deeper, and you know, but like I compared it to an ASR. Uh, the audio science reviews clip will measurement of that speaker. Yeah. Just because he provides a download, which what's up? You know, that's the only reason I didn't use one from Aaron's audio corner. Cause there's no, down. who cares if he pro provides it? He has to, because he marks them all up. <laughs> well, it, it's easier for me to read half the time. He's got red running all over this. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> because it, it makes it easier for me to put in the REW though. So I can do a comparison. Yeah. So I, I compared it with my near field in room response. So the ASR one is in green, yeah, and the other one is my in-room response, which I think is a reasonable place to that's start a calibration. Yeah, that's a, that's reasonable for sure. You know, yeah, it shows um, the same kind of trends. The the higher frequencies. This is because I have a bad mic. You mic calibration. Like, yeah, that, yeah, I was gonna say around eight K is normally where that calibration really starts to matter too for those U mics. Yeah, well, mine has been dropped so many times; it's <laughs> way out of calibration, and actually. Using a different calibration from my old mic is a better one than the than the one that it came. It's it's all messed up. So, um, I luckily I have like four different calibration mics, so I can test things. But overall, I think that this is a decent place to start a calibration compared to what the what the others are doing. So, yeah, you know, this is an in room measurement, which is not perfect. But I'm not making a speaker. I'm just trying to correct. You know, obvious issues. Yeah, dropping mics like babies. I hope when not. you measure speakers every, nearly every day, things gonna drop. You're gonna, you're gonna kick that long wire. You, Reverend Slim knows what happens when you have that long wire. Somebody's gonna trip over it. Mm -hmm. I had that problem too. It's not a wire, he but from, he knows from experience. <laughs> I was on the phone when it happened. He knows. Um. I got so I got anyway, thank you. That's it. I broke my Omni mic years ago because that one's like where the barrel, where the mic, I guess, meets the body of the. I don't know how to explain this. Anyway, mm -hmm. it's super skinny toward the end. I was trying to avoid saying that, and it's fatter at the bottom. <laughs> I really was trying to avoid saying that. Uh, but that thing like breaks so easily. So I went through a couple of those. Watch out for that tip, dude. Yeah. Weak tip, weak tip over there. Breaks easy. <laughs> Uh, over Winfrey says, uh, prime video cuts Dolby vision and Atmos support from ad from ad tier and didn't tell subs. Mm. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's when did this happen? That's pretty did crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is, we're back to the whole, you know, physical versus streaming debate. What is, what is good? What's good? What's good? Which one would you rather rather have? I I do you guys ever watch anything on Prime Video? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the Marvel yeah. Mrs. Maisel. I mean, other than that, what else are you watching? I've seen. Hey, now that's actually a pretty decent show. <laughs> that's I know. I'm, 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 I'm really not. I've seen like three episodes. It's pretty good. I should pick that back up again. The Reacher series is on there. Reacher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was yeah. that movie I just talked about? Chris Pratt the other day. Or with y'all a couple weeks ago or a week ago? Jurassic Park. <laughs> no. Dang it. It's the Tomorrow War thing. Tomorrow War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, was good. that was a good one. That was all right. I, don't, I, I noticed I don't use a whole lot of 
Prime Video. You guys in the chat, what do you guys use mostly? I like I'm oh, the brother's son on Netflix. I've been wanting to talk about the show for like weeks. I can only get in like half an hour at a time just because I got so much other stuff to do. Sometimes I'm so tired, I put it on and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't concentrate. Uh, but it's Michelle Yeoh and it's uh it's about these triads and Oh yeah, it's got Justin Chin, uh, Higdy Kwan. It's got Sam Lee, uh, Alice Hukin, I think, is in that as well. <laughs> Madison Hugh. Never oh, heard of this show before, have you? Let Clearly. me click this over. Oh, it's got John Zhu Zhang on there. Uh, Jenny Yang is on there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that show. Oh, uh, great. It's uh, great. Uh, you should watch it. Check it out. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you guys in the chat, let me know. What do you? What do you guys? Apple TV, Disney, Hulu, Prime Video is the only one I have. Then physical media. Okay, wow. I do Netflix. I yeah. say Netflix for me is the more. I used to have Hulu, but I canceled that. I had Paramount Plus, but I canceled that. Uh-huh. Uh, HBO, but man, HBO's movies selection is. I think it's really terrible. Bad. Yeah, well, I isn't just... it HBO Max? Isn't it now Max? So it's Cinemax yeah. and HBO. Yeah, I mean they used to have. But it's it's rare that they have something new that comes on there that I'm like, oh, I really want to watch that. Anything that I've watched is mostly older stuff. I see that. I, see I subscribe that. to Plex. Who's that? <laughs> she sounds uh, she sounds cute. <laughs> hey, I, I have to I have to go back to these real quick. Um, oh. you know, so Juan is saying, you know, show all three measurements at the main listening position. And then Andrew says but we are not listening near field. You need MLP results for your test. Okay. I, I get that. I get that. That's how every single room correction works. Like you place the mic in the listening position and it tries to make it follow some nice, smooth target curve. But that's what I'm kind of arguing with magic beans. Now we may disagree on this, Aaron, but I'm, I'm curious. Would you rather have a, it, assuming you had to only take in room measurements, right? No clipple, right? And you have to judge. Yeah, you, <laughs> you have to judge based on whether the MLP measurement was smooth in a room, right? Not in the car, because I know cars different. Okay. But MLP response in a room versus one where the near field response is ideal and smooth. So, if if the near field response is nice and smooth, right? The main listening position one may look a little bit weird, may not be what you expect, right? Or one where the main listening position one looks ideal, but then the near field measurement is all wonky and not smooth. Which one do you think is going to give you? All right. So let's establish that when you say near field, you're basically talking about a quasi anechoic measurement method, right? Okay. I would say yes. So basically what you're leaving me with is what I prefer to have the results dictated by the measurement done at the main listening position, results being EQ, or would I rather have the results dictated by measurements done in a quasi-anechoic method, um, assuming that the speaker takes well to EQ in both situations, I would I would much rather have an anechoic measurement, period. Because I can yeah. correct the speaker before I put it in the room, and then the room is going to do its thing, and then hopefully I can go through and treat the bass, you know, somehow with equalization or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would prefer. And I think most people who understand 
the difference in speakers versus a room are going to say, yeah, I would rather have a well-designed speaker. And if it's yeah. not designed well out the box, can I EQ it? Like is a crossover transition pretty good to where it's not problematic? And then can I equalize the sound to, to work well for me? You know, either flat on axis or gently sloped or whatever, depending on the design, because those things matter. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll take anechoic measurement. Because, dude, when you're in, the, and you know this, when you are, you are talking about pseudo anechoic, are you still saying? Because uh, I know, of course. Uh, well, I mean, so you know that your method is pseudo anechoic, right? I mean, right. that's I'll just call it pseudo anechoic because that's probably what it's closer to, right? When you that's said anechoic, so I want to make sure it's clear that you're saying pseudo and not like. Yeah. Well, okay. when I say anechoic, I'm talking like in an ideal world, you have anechoic measurement for yeah. your speaker, and then you say, all right. The, the treble is too much. I'm going to tame it down. These things are kind of messed up. I'm going to fix these resonances. And then I'm going to put it in the room. Mm. And then you then you can measure from the seated position and let it do the bass management and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Not bass management, but resonance from the room control. Try to mm -hmm. get those things fixed. That's what I would go for. Okay. Um, I guess the only thing is, you know, if you have it behind an acoustic transparent screen, that's going to affect the high frequencies in the an anechoic measurement is not as relevant in that situation because oh, you listen or you measure again in the room. Oh yeah, I know. I said, you listen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to listen to this dude. I don't care what the measurements look like. I still want to hear the speaker. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. Um, so my example would be these Cali audio speakers that do measure well, right? Chana likes them. I like them. You know, you like them. The Cali mm -hmm. Audio LP6, they measure well, well anechoically, right? On your clip, well, I would say they measure pretty well. Uh, in my in-room responses, they measure near field pretty well. Now, if you place these into the room and you measure at the main listening position of these good speakers, do you think that's going to be smooth? Maybe not. That response may look pretty funky, right? Behind a screen? Behind it and then put yeah. it behind the screen. Now... But, but let's just say, forget the screen. You just put it in your room and then measure at your main listening position. Oh, yeah. That might look weird, right? Yeah. So you take something like Dirac or Odyssey, and it's going to say, no, nah, we got to fix that. We got to fix that. We got to fix that speaker. And it'll it'll try to do it based on the main listening position measurement. Now you go measure that speaker again, right? If I were to keep that EQ and then put it on the clipple, that speaker is going to have some weird... <laughs> non-linear response right for sure so, is that good is that going to be better I, I think it's making the sound of the speaker worse yeah i mean it depends on what yeah, you're correcting one, i know yeah it, it depends on what you're correcting for you know yeah so and i think that that's the main downfall uh my opinion my opinion you know and i don't mind arguing with with somebody else about this but my main thing is that the the fact that they're only measuring at the main listening position is why some people don't like the sound. Sometimes you say like, man, this sounds weird. Something sounds off. I don't know what it is. You know, the measurement looks great. So I don't understand why I don't like it. I think it's because you've made the, the, the response of those speakers worse. Yeah. So... Yeah. You've sacrificed one thing for the other. You've well, sacrificed the direct sound for the a better um, steady state response that includes the direct and reflected sounds, but 
your ears don't hear exactly that way. You hear direct and then reflected, mm-hmm. right? So you hear both sounds. The mic only hears the summed, not, I, don't, I wouldn't say summed. It already hears the effects after the room has done its thing. It tries yeah, to separate not, out the two, but it can't completely. Yeah, you're not doing that. Well, most people aren't doing that with an RTA. They're not separating out direct sound, reflected sound, and things like that. No, I mean, how are they going to? Dirac is, right? Dirac is. Dirac is, but I'm just saying, like, when people are using, like, REW and trying to figure these things out. Yeah, Dirac is trying to, right? I wouldn't say that you can get a near-field measurement. Otherwise, I don't think that they would have done some of the EQ that they did. You know, they probably would have kept the higher frequencies untouched. Anyway, anyway, it's an interesting discussion. And uh, we'll have to see when Magic Beans does come out super soon. We're working on the website right now so that you can purchase it, right? So it has to have a working website. And so that's what we're working on. The app is pretty much done. Like, I don't expect very many changes on the app at all. Just getting it on the website so people can purchase it. And we'll see if I'm correct. Right, because I'm arguing for the fact that near field being a better response and sacrificing, you know, if that's what you want to call it, and a more ideal MLP response, main listening position response, I think that most people will prefer that. I think that's a better correction, but we'll see. We'll see if I'm wrong. You'll see. The proof will be in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. I don't know. Okay. What else? Mr. Oh, we're, we're hour 33, but what else? Aaron, what's the flattest speaker you have measured so far? Oh. Um, there's a few that are pretty flat. Like, on, well, okay. So first, oh gosh. Uh, on say, yeah, I mean, like, I want to make sure that it's understood that a great sounding speaker doesn't necessarily measure perfectly flat on axis. Um, if it has wide directivity or a flat constant directivity, I should say, then you probably don't want it to be flat on axis because then it's going to sound bright in room. Uh, but just to answer your direct question, speakers that have flat on axis sound, off the one, the ones I can think of off the top, uh, this is recent March audio. So Tuva is really flat, um, on axis sound. Dutch and Dutch HC is really flat. Key audio three is really flat. DSP ones. Most of them are really flat. How about the uh, that Bucart one? Was that good? Um, I think those are probably pretty flat too. At least the DSP ones. The passive ones might might also be pretty flat as well. But the Dutch and Dutch and the Keys, I think, are like probably the most flat on axis speakers that I've measured so far. I mean, they're do they're within like plus or minus one dB kind of thing. How about a Genelec? Maybe I think maybe Genelec as well. Yeah, I would have to double check, but passive speaker wise, that March Audio Soantuva is, uh, and I've got their newer version coming up for review soon. So that one's, I've already seen the measurements for that. That thing's ridiculously flat on axis and great estimated interim response. It's an awesome speaker. How about this? Uh, which one would you say pretty much those ones that you mentioned have also the best combination of on axis and directivity? Um, or is it like, oh, they have great on-axis flat, but directivity is... Well, yeah, easy. so directivity is kind of a pain because vertical factors into that as well. So when you've got like a two-way and you've got a tweeter and a midwoofer, you know, the okay. horizontal directivity may be perfect, but that step from the tweeter to the mid-range below it, usually there's going to be a dip 
and the directivity. Okay, let me just say horizontal then, because yeah, that would give yeah. me a so Dutch and Dutch HC. Yeah, that Dutch and Dutch HC is probably flat directivity, maybe. And the key is probably something similar to that as well. I mean, uh, they're fantastic speakers for sure. And then the All same right. thing about the March audio. Honestly, it's not hard to have a flat horizontal, not flat, but linear, I guess, horizontal directivity. Uh, but vertical is the one that really messes with the directivity scale. But doesn't that give an advantage to those concentric type of speakers? Absolutely. though? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Stuff like Kef, you know, interesting i'm a fan of concentric yeah i am too man uh, th those mofi eights i think i'm going to buy them if i can as soon as i can send the money over <clears throat> he's made up his mind either those are the kepley twos are you sure that's a big jump <laughs> that's a huge jump yeah i'm looking at it like oh i really shouldn't do this sure, but i really want to stefan thank you for the super chat, he says uh, Neural X or DSU for movies, no Oro. Uh, I would say maybe the Dolby Surround Up Mixer if you have one of the newer uh, AVRs with, I don't know how many ear-level speakers, but I think the newer versions of Dolby Surround Up Mixer has uh, an ability to use the wides. like It'll upmix so they can put stuff into the wide channels, but that's on the uh, the newer one, the HTP one actually has an older version, and so it doesn't do that. That's why they have that wide synth feature. So I don't know how many ear level speakers, but out of the two, you know, some people like Neural X, some people like Dolby Surround Up Mixer, and I like Oro. Um, I know from my testing that they do things differently. So how it upmixes and how it decides what to put into certain channels, specifically the heights is different they work differently for each one i don't i don't recall exactly which one does what but i remember that it's usually out of phase information that it puts up there up there and like cer certain things over a certain frequency that it figures is probably ambient sounds that it can put into the heights it tries to avoid vocals right both of them do but one is more time-based where like if something happens and it holds that note, after a certain period of time, it'll take it out of that height speaker, right? So, but if it's an instant, like a quick transient, then it'll throw it up into those channels. Um, I forget, you'd have to watch my video where I, that's called like why I use Oro 3D. And I actually did test tones and I figured out how they're kind of doing it. I don't remember which one is which, but, I do remember that the Neural X one tended to have more artifacts, like weird stuff happening in the heights. Like where you hear like some weird stuff happening. Um, so check out that video when you get a chance. I'll link to it. There you go. What else? Link, link to it. Uh, Chana, have you heard the Mackie C200? Um, let's. I brought it up on screen. Let's just look at it real quick. Um, this is a looks like a PA speaker, 10 inch, 200 watt passive, uh, 349. I mean, uh, I actually have not heard this, so I don't know. I don't know if it's a PA speaker. I'd probably go um, powered. That way, it's all in one one situation. But 
Yeah, there we go. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Q series of Kef? And what if I combine with the double pair of Dolby Atmos enabled of Sony, assuming the roof 2.4 meters high? What is 2.4? Have you tried series are good? I don't know anything about the doubling up with the Sony speakers, though. Are the Q series the, like the less expensive ones? Yeah, they're the lower lower line. Yeah, they're more budget friendly ones, but they're good. They're not as they're not as good as the R series or the reference series obviously but they're good speakers i think they're a good value uh oh uh oh which one did what oh, i i accidentally hit control r which <laughs> one did you put which speaker did you take out of a kef speaker and put into your car i was <laughs> what, the was older r500 r300 okay so higher yeah higher, higher one yeah cuz it's got a those have a dedicated mid-range oh and, okay. and the shape the cone is better. The waveguide or the, not the waveguide, the uh, surround is not as tall. So it's a better waveguide transition. Oh, okay. So it's more, it's more of a purpose built three way design. Okay. Or the Q series are, um, they've all got that, uh, do they call it Z Flex surround where it's kind of like a rigid surround and it's mostly all mm-hmm. two way I mean, coaxials? Uh, they all look the same to me. They have three way coaxials. The uh, Q950, they had a. Uh, yeah, the big tower ones. Eleven hundred bucks. They had a full seven one four setup where all of those were the ear level speakers. Wow, that was pretty awesome. I bet that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it sounded pretty cool. All right, question: uh, How hot is too hot for an AVR? I mean, oh, no, I guess I guess you know you you were you watching uh, Usher's performance on the on through your receiver, and all of a sudden, too hot. <laughs> just blew up 105 you know, Fahrenheit toward the front of the AVR. Wow. Are you running external amps is the question? Because I find that they do get hotter if you're running off the internal amps. I don't know what the exact temperature is, but if it's turning off, that's probably not good. Yeah. Probably need some better cooling around that thing. Make sure you have a lot of cooling around it. Below it. Um, that air, air motive. No, no, that's Emotiva. Oh, yeah. Uh, the air, the, the little fan things. Have you yeah. seen, have you seen that, that I think it was the 4700H or maybe the 6700H. Also, they have like little fans on the bottom. I didn't realize that. Mm. I run eight surrounds and heights off the AVR, LCR off Emotiva. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do get hot, man. These things, they, they can get hot. Yeah, you know they can. I didn't notice it until until um, I got I I was in this space because all the speakers are being powered by the AVR now. Yeah. And how hot is it getting? It's getting noticeably hotter. You know, there's still like open air on my rack on all sides except the top and bottom. So out of the eight surfaces, you know, I'm gonna get this uh, 6700H because it's out. One second, I'll be back. Three, four, five. Oops. Out of the six surfaces, only two are covered. Um, but um yeah i heard they they were getting hot and so i didn't know about it until now and then these uh these speakers are like four ohm speakers so i run a simple fan and mine it keeps it down nicely oh look at that the 280 millimeter fans on the bottom deck 4700h i guess that's my 6700 does too way it should i mean Airfinity, that's what it is. Airfinity, the like T8 or T9 or something. 
Yeah, you should definitely buy, buy one. Heavy. Oh, here it comes. Oh, the six to seven hundred eight is pretty heavy. Yeah, it is. All right, can you solo me? Soloing. Have you ever noticed this? Look on the bottom of these things. There's a fan. Man, yeah. Is it three of them? Yeah. Looks like. I've never heard them spin up. JR says my 47. One, two, three. Yeah. Has yeah. two 80 millimeter oh. fans. They That's must cool. be on like really low because there it is. And then obviously people know to not cover the top. Yeah. But I think it's important to know that you should probably also make sure that there's airflow below this. Damn, it's heavy. Yeah. So it's possibly entirely you need to flip the AVR over and hit it with some some canned air. Hey, maybe. Yeah, I don't know that the old ones had those fans though. Like that's I, I only saw it like after the 4700H. If you're if you're down to take a look at the bottom of your 4500, see if it has uh fans down there. Interesting though, right? I've never heard of those fans spit up. Multi-fan S5. Cheap simple. It keeps it cool. What is that? Multi-fan S5. Multi-fan. Multi-fan. All right. Question. How do you know when a sub is broken? I have an SVS PB3000 that doesn't seem to be performing like it used to. Oh. This is a breakup letter? Is this a... <laughs> Uh, in what ways does it not sound good? Because one thing to really be careful of is digital clipping on your AVR. Make sure that you're at like minus 6 dB for the gain for your sub because it's possible that you could play content on your AVR. Like just something with like super loud LFE and it could possibly clip the channel before it's even getting to your sub. Uh oh, uh oh, Clipple. Clipple. yeah, yeah, that could be so it. Make sure that that's uh, you know, set up correctly. It hasn't been performing like it used to, huh? What's odd? That's, I don't know. You're probably just getting I, older, man. Why would <laughs> I getting older? Some of us getting older, it ain't, it ain't right. like it used to be. <laughs> Uh, someone said Disney Plus IMAX Enhanced has DTSX on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I just read the article. Uh, so it's, it's, just, it's also uh, uh, do, 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 from January 17th, 27th. So this is old already. Old-ish, 21st. That's a couple weeks old. So apparently Guardians of the Galaxy 3 supposedly has IMAX uh, DTSX. Uh, da, 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 da. Something like that. It's down here. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out on the Disney Plus app. I'll check it out tonight, maybe. I don't know. Just for just to try it. Just to try it. Um, possible the SVS app has room game compression on. Yeah, maybe check that out. The 6500H has three fans at the bottom. Oh, it looks oh, like. 4,300, 4,400, 4,500. Okay, they all... Okay. Um, what else? What else? What other questions we have? So we can uh, take... Uh, oh, we did that one. We did that one. Joe, will all platforms have the exact same features on the Magic Beans? 
exactly the same. They're gonna they're gonna all have the same set of features. All platforms meaning uh Apple or sorry, um Android, Apple, PC. No difference. No what difference. About, what about Linux? Linux, <laughs> you're gonna have to wait for us to come out with like a web app. Who's got you there? Ah, <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Uh, question two, any tips for helping all on-wall speakers that can't be mounted directly to the wall? Mine are six and a half inches in front of the wall. I have velvet curtains on the wall. Uh, helping all on-wall speakers. Um, that can't be mounted directly to the wall. What, what about speaker on a stick? Hey, yeah. Here's my idea. Yeah, speaker on a stick. That might work. On yeah, it yeah. depends on how high they are, too, right? Yeah, depends on how low, you can use these things that have been speaker on a stick. They've had them for a while. They're called speaker stands. There's that too. If they're if they're <laughs> low enough, <laughs> yeah. they've but, had them for a while. Yeah, they've had them. They're actually you got to fill them with kitty litter though first. Got some new stands for these Cali LP6s. I'm looking at, and they're pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, you got some stands? Yeah, you're committed. You like those. Yeah, because like, uh, what do you call it? Um, and then I measured. I sat down. I, I put one of the Callies on my table here. And I, and I uh, sat in the chair and I measured to see where the ear level, my ear level was with the tweeter. Mm -hmm. So now I got them all lined up. Oh, nice. How many ears? Uh, six. Six ear height? Yes. Nice. Very, very tall speaker. <laughs> all right. What else? What other questions we got? I don't know. I don't I'm know. taking off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat this food that I've been nice enough to not eat in front of everybody. But what is it? I've got some egg and rice and broccoli and sausage and. Hey, that sounds good. Yeah. So, what else? Anything else? Nothing else, man. All right. Nobody's got nothing. Let's get going. Why don't you do our little outros? Outro. Please, please, please. Be all right, daily high five baby. You got to be sure. I can't even. Oh, God. Every time I try to do it, I keep thinking the Transformers intro. Oh, that's X Men. Yeah. You remember the cartoon X Men? And they all they're all running, and then Gambit throws his cards like. Live don't get and if you like to listen to the, not to Aaron, but if you like to listen to the audio only version, go to anchor.fm slash daily high five. And of course, you guys, thank you so much for hanging out. If you are in the after show part of the crew, we'll see you there. And uh, if not, we'll see you next week. Have a great night. See you. Bye.